Welcome to UO Today. I'm Paul Peppis, Director of the Oregon Humanities Center. Today we are in the Barker Gallery of the Jordan Schnitzer Museum of Art. The gallery displays Vision of Nature, Vessel of Beauty, an exhibition of work by the Eugene artist Keith Acapol. Acapol created this work from inspiration from his experiences at the Morris Graves Foundation Artist Residency, The Lake, in Lolita, California. Jill Hartz, the executive director of the Jordan Schnitzer Museum of Art, co-curated this exhibit with Makash associate curator Danielle Knapp. Thank you both for coming on the show. Thank you. Sure. Jill, why don't I start with you. Tell us what inspired you and Danielle to organize this exhibit. I think if I go back six years or so ago to when Keith came back from his first residency at the Morris Graves Foundation and started showing us work produced then, especially the Skunk Cabbage series, we were overwhelmed with how beautiful it was and just how um, intense and amazing these works were. And I guess realizing how much the residency had affected Keith. Um, so we knew we wanted to do, we wanted to show those works. What we didn't know, but we learned pretty quickly, <laughs> is that the Sorry. residency, no, thank goodness, but the residency didn't just, you know, bring on the skunk cabbages. Um, there, it started off this incredibly fertile period of Keith making art inspired by his stay there in so many different media that he would bring one in or we would go to his studio and look at others. And we realized, I think maybe over two years ago, that this could not be contained in, say, the Schnitzer Gallery, but that we needed to reserve the Barker to really show the breadth of what happened as a result of that experience, which is continuing still. <laughs> but the show had to have an end. I mean, what's interesting, I think, in the show, and we plan for everything that's in it, is that we have two works outside the gallery with the intro panels, and we basically took those off Keith's dining room tables. I don't even know if they were dry yet, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like, oh, we have to have these two. So Keith, tell us about your journey to the lake. How did you wind up there? Well, one applies. Uh, it's a remarkable thing because Graves uh, left his, his absolutely beautiful acreage to uh, set up a foundation, a wonderful foundation that would allow <clears throat> one artist at a time to stay there uh, for up to three weeks and live and work in the studio that Graves had built for himself. So for three weeks, I, uh, I was allowed to be there. And one simply applies and, <clears throat> and then you're allowed to be there for up to three weeks. And there, there is no, there are no rules or regulations about what you do there. Except no New York Times, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we can get into that. <laughs> that was very, very sweet, actually. Um, but, Yes, go ahead. I was going to say, tell us a little bit about your own history with Graves, because there was a, there's a Graves connection for you. It wasn't like... Very much so. And, 
in Ikazan, uh, when I was in college, Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois, I uh, <clears throat> I was there at a time when there was an article in the New York Times, I believe, wasn't okay. it? Okay. Oh yeah, Times? I think so. Uh, oh right. About, uh, That's right. About graves and uh, about the foundation, and <clears throat> no, it wasn't the foundation. Was it the Mystic Poets? Mystic yes, painters of yes, the it Northwest? Was, it, was, it was a show about the mystic poets of the Northwest, and graves was one of them that was featured in that show. <clears throat> and uh, the show was brought to my attention by one of my professors there. Uh, a wonderful man named Harlan Gowdy. And <clears throat> he thought I might like what was there, what I saw, and, and I did. Uh, because I, as a young artist, <clears throat> had already spent many years uh, acknowledging that nature meant a great deal to me. Uh, because I think even in grade school, I, I was paying attention to nature. So when I saw what, what they reproduced, I, I was quite moved by it. It was a time of Birchfield and some of the classic uh, American naturists, I guess we'd call them, people who loved working from nature. And, and so I, I had already tracked tracked onto what Graves was doing to American art at the time, which was into abstraction. And uh, so it was a, a, a beautiful thing, a beautiful symbiosis of what he was interested in, what I was interested in. And uh, it all kind of melded together. So you've, you've called your experience there like going to a monastery. How did it, uh, what did you learn and, and how did it change your work to be there? Well, you're invited to uh, acknowledge that, that nature is there and if we want to take advantage of it being there, uh, we can. And I thought it was uh, an opportunity to play, in a sense, with the things I'd already been playing with. So it, it was a, a, a great melding of things. And I took it as an opportunity. Well, I, I applied, and fortunately, uh, was given the opportunity to be there. They selected me as one of, their, one of the, the people that could take advantage of what was there. I understand that the Skunk Cabbage series was the first series that you started working exactly. on. Exactly. They don't, uh, the application in no way dictates what, what you have to do when you're there. And I like that, of course. And in fact, when I got there, 
I really didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, but you, you have to write a statement in order to get there to show that maybe you're a serious artist <laughs> and that you know what the place is about. And, and that's what you wanted at that point. And, you know, already I was of a certain age that, that, that meant I, I, I had to have known by then what exactly I was all about. So I thought that over and, and applied and, and ended up being there. The extraordinary thing was uh, when I got there, I really didn't know and I didn't have to know exactly what I was going to do when I was there. So I unloaded my car uh, and immediately started looking around because I thought I'd, well, okay, now I'm here, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that was the first thing right away, is, is walking around and finding out what that place could mean to me. And, and how I could take what I'd been given, this extraordinary place. And we are given his studio to live and work in. It's a big, beautiful studio with one room uh, that has a studio and a single bedroom, a little kitchen, a little bathroom. And that's it. And you make of it what you want to. And for me, that meant looking around and, and uh, trying to figure out how that, that place uh, could provide me with, with what I needed to do uh, something in. And I, I wandered around that first afternoon and actually started doing a number of drawings of plants. Um, and uh, a lot of drawings, just a lot of pencil drawings. The lovely thing is, uh, I don't think I really felt any pressure right away to do anything. I just knew that I needed to come up with something. I'm uh, <clears throat> I don't I don't waste time uh, which means I guess simply that that I, I, I get to work and, and I do it and I looked around made some quite simple drawings and then I there's a front door and a back door so <laughs> I walked in the front door, which connects the house <coughs> with the studio. And after that, I <coughs> did the opposite and walked out the kitchen door. And off the kitchen was a little deck. And off that deck <coughs> was a big pool full of uh, skunk cabbage. <laughs> and I took a look at those and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to live here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what I did. I, that became the subject. Uh, 
And oddly enough, what was there was not too different from a lot of the work I'd, I'd done before in that uh, I, I have some large plants in my gardens back in Iowa City. And, and, I, and right away, there's a kind of uh, assimilation and a kind of realization that there was uh, something about the skunk cabbage and some other plants that I'd worked with before that right away made me think I could, I could, I could work with those again. Uh, the shapes are marvelous. And uh, so the second morning, I knew what I was going to do. <coughs> and, and it was playing with the skunk cabbage. Uh, well, those, those works are striking because they're, many of them are um, paintings of uh, decaying and ragged skunk cabbage. Say a little bit about how you approach that, why, why plants that are decayed are as interesting to you as flowering plants. Why are you drawn to both kinds of, of uh, plant life? Uh, decayed is an interesting word to use because to me they weren't. <laughs> and uh, I, I love plants that are coming and going. Uh, life is coming and going. <laughs> so uh, really all of this is about uh, the life and death of plants. What we're going through is life and death. And uh, graves, of course, dealt a great deal with all of that. And that's always been uh, part of what I liked about him. He, he didn't shun any of that. Um, and it's very beautiful to be able to, to acknowledge that. So. The plants I'd worked on for so long, for decades in terms of fading in and out of my life, um, were plants very much like those gunk cabbage. And uh, so it was, it was easy to combine the old and the new in terms of what was a subject matter and uh, I, I love that part of it. Uh, so so it, it began there, but, but then so much of it just kept growing from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I like that part of it. I always, I've always loved that part of it. One of the things that's notable about the show is how many different media you use throughout the various series. There are nine series, and um, you use all these different media. I'm, I'm sitting across from uh, the Tree Conversation series, which is the series that has the largest works. And these works are oil paintings on raw canvas. Tell us about that. That's, that's not a typical thing for a painter who paints oils to do, is it? To paint no, on raw canvas. No, it isn't. Because uh, I think most artists think about <clears throat> 
the, the life and death of, of the canvas. You know? <laughs> and so, so they, they harbor the idea that this must be on canvas. Uh, and I just took a chance. And as a matter of fact, I had met our, our curator and a restoration man at Museum of Modern Art. And I discussed this with him. And there, the way I was working was, in a sense, w without oil. And it's the oil that helps the canvas decay. Mm -hmm. So if I eliminated that, I don't have to worry about that. And so that's what I decided to do. I wanted to keep it simple. And uh, if you look at the back of these, there, there is no uh, staining coming through. So you just worked with the pigments? You just I just worked with, with pigment coming out of the tube. Huh. And didn't add more. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Huh. Yeah. Um, you've said that you don't think of yourself as a landscape painter. In some of these series, though, and I'm thinking of forest walks and forest fragments, you've painted these intimate close-ups of tree trunks and bark that are themselves almost like landscapes. It's as if you're inhabiting the landscape of the surface of the bark. Why is such an intense and up-close portrayal of the, these plants and trees such an important part? What, what, what are you trying to communicate to your viewer about that kind of intimacy with nature? Uh, the closer you can get to it, uh, the, the better off, or the better experience you'll have with it. And that's, that's really important to me. Uh, I, I run into so many people in the Northwest who tell me that they, uh, They've just, oh, yeah, I, I, I just came back from a walk in the forest. <laughs> and then I will say, uh, well, what did you do? What, what did you see? Tell me, no, where were you? <laughs> Which trail did you take? And then I, I get that kind of a, huh? Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what did I see? I saw trees. I saw, you know, I said, well, can you describe them? Can you tell me more about what you felt, felt while you were looking at them? I mean, did it, what, what was your experience with them? And can you put it into words, you know, what, what was it all about? And often they, they don't know what they saw because they didn't bother to look, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, what a waste. <laughs> so if, if, it just becomes uh, a kind of wondrous thing to me that, that these people you know, haven't really seen much. And, and I, I hope, if anything, the people who look at these things get anything out of it. It's, it's that they, uh, next time they go out there, they do look a little more closely and find out they, there's more to see. 
Well, and sometimes, I mean, rather than landscapes, I think of them as portraits. Mm -hmm. Oh, very much so. Uh, because uh, yeah, I mean, what did you see, and did it have any meaning, and did it, did it make you want to walk around it to find out uh, that one tree you just looked at isn't one tree, <laughs> isn't one view that that. Uh, so, so many of these, is, well, especially when you get to the, the pencil drawings, <clears throat> uh, which, which to me are, you know, we my favorite as well. Art, art comes from something very intimate, and I don't know how much more intimate you can get than, than a, a very close neighborly look at, at a tree and realize that you, you can turn it around. Uh, especially with the drawings, they were made uh, on my dining room table with little tree uh, fragments. Um, some of those, you know, I was holding in my hand like this, <laughs> drawing like this. Because I really wanted to see what does that little fucker look like, you know? Come on, come on. What, what if I turn it over? What am I going to see? And most people don't bother doing that, you know. And, and you can look that closely at something and uh, turn it over Turn, turn that little twig over and find out that you, you do see something different all the time. The series that we're sitting in front of um, is the Forest Scene series, which includes the largest number of individual works of any of the series in the show. And this series is also unusual in the show because these are painted in acrylic. Why, what was it about acrylic that, was, that made it the right medium for this numerous series. Okay, you mentioned earlier that, that I do change media. Uh, I, I change media because every time I work on one media or another, I'm, I'm learning something. And uh, art is about learning. Art, art, making art tells me what I'm thinking. Art helps define who I am. And that, after all, is what being a human being is. Uh, uh, and for artists especially, every time you play with a new media, you're learning something different. And I, I love that part of it, of course. And so it's, it's always it's always taking on some kind of a challenge. The first pieces uh, are all <clears throat> on paper. Uh, the minute you switch media, you're learning something quite different. And so when I'm finding out while I'm working on 
and skunk cabbage with watercolor. I'm, I'm, I'm learning what those media can tell me. And the minute I move to another media, I'm finding out something different about materials. Um, and I'm moving from necessarily a flat media to one that's quite different. Mm -hmm. So after I worked on the skunk cabbages, I realized they're, they're, they're flat. Uh, it's a kind of a flat media. Some people say it's three-dimensional, whatever. Well, they are, they are what they are. <laughs> different people see different things in them, so. What was it about acrylic that, what did you learn about acrylic from this series? Well, with acrylic, I can work so much faster. Uh -huh. uh, oil paint, I learned earlier on that uh, oil takes a long time to dry, generally. So you can't work as quickly, and, and you have to think about that. So <clears throat> that's a major consideration. The uh, show also includes a gorgeous triptych entitled Vessel, and that, uh, the title of the show uh, alludes to that triptych. Tell us about that group of works and, and why the idea of the vessel is so important for this show. Well, I, th I think the idea of the vessel got tied together with uh, the museum asking me to do the grave show. Um, <clears throat> vessels were extremely important to graves. Vessels we think of as more or less sacred objects. And, and I, I like how he used that and kind of rever those objects. And of course, that was tied to his being very, very interested in sacred objects. I mean, his, his tying himself to the Northwest and to, to ancient art from the Orient was terribly important to him. Uh, it also supplied him with uh, some kind of understanding of uh, religion in our time. Uh, and, and however you want to absorb that term religion with him, uh, it's there. And uh, the vessels, some of the drawings in that show are sacred objects, you know, and, and uh, so I, that became important to me too. And I think where you started with, with the triptych, I remember you saying that um, in looking at so much of Graves' work, because we have the largest public collection of works on paper, so for someone who can create all of this from residencies and, and, 
and looking closely at nature, it was, okay, Keith, would you do this show? Um, because it's such a wonderful it's counterpoint. It's a no-brainer. That explores, you know, more of that. But uh, I think, and I may get this wrong, that you had said of, in, in looking through Graves' work, although he has the vessels which are, you know, which nature is kind of put in in some ways or shown from, one of the largest vessels at the lake is the lake, mm -hmm. but that he very seldom did anything with water. But I think your triptych comes from being in that studio in a way and looking, but I may be wrong. You're right on. Okay. And, and I have to say that on that note, I have to draw this to a close. I'm oh. sorry to say our time oh, has sped, oh, sped by. We were just getting into something really interesting. I know. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much okay. for taking the time to speak with us today. I've been speaking with artist Keith Akapol and with Jill Hartz, the executive director of the Jordan Schnitzer Museum of Art. Keith Akapol, Vision of Nature, Vessel of Beauty is on view at the museum through April 29th, 2018. It is a spectacular show. I urge all of our viewers to come see it. Thanks so much for watching.